Hello and welcome to day three of the IndieCorner.com's WrestleMania weekend coverage. I'm Benno. And I'm JP. And again, we're back. Uh, this was supposed to, uh, a p- episode that we were supposed to release yesterday. Uh, so I do apologise mm. for the delay. Uh, you can blame us in part, but mainly when you're going to do a show about live streaming and you're going to rely on the, the VOD capabilities mm. of some of these organisations and the, the live streaming ability. Uh, yeah, you could be onto a loser there sometimes. We had the, definitely some technical difficulties in watching some of these shows back. Uh, Ring of Honor yep. particularly didn't get their show up on Honor Club the day after the, uh, the live airing until very late in the day, which was winding a lot of people up online. Uh, Fight TV mm. got uh, Style Battle up, which we're going to talk about today, uh, in relatively good time. But the version, at least on the website, doesn't have any sound. So when you're watching a show like that as a, as a newcomer, as we in uh, JPR to a lot of these guys, that doesn't make things easy. I saw any, uh, I think it was uh, Arm Fioris who did the review of, of that and uh, Kaiju Big Battle who said he was messing around with his speakers for about 10 minutes until he realised that it was actually Fight's problem uh, and not his issue. Uh, so yeah, we've had to, uh, to make do and uh, some of those issues have been resolved, but some haven't. But that's kind of uh, the danger, isn't it, JP, of... Uh, doing a podcast about live streaming and, uh, and VOD. Well, that's it, isn't it? I mean, I started off the week being quite optimistic about it. <laughs> and then by the time, and also didn't help being absolutely exhausted, mm. but the time it hit, um, even today, with Kaiju Big Battle, I was like, I'm sick of this. I can't be dealing with this anymore. <laughs> I've, I, I, it was completely doing my head in. Um, I mean, how can you watch Kaiju I mean, Big Battle? And I mean, it's already confusing, isn't it? But when there's a lot of in-ring promo work from the the, the different weird and wacky characters if there's no sound just you've got no chance have you absolutely no chance at all um it it was it was very frustrating um i was gonna watch style battle uh there were issues there were issues with ring of honor like like you've already pointed out as well so yeah i'm gonna be really glad not to have that (laughs) i mean there was one streaming you know it was i found that the um the high spots coverage seems to be good and we'll talk a bit more about um mm. a show that they've got on that we'll cover in the next one definitely yeah i mean it, it's been a week- weekend mm. of mixed fortunes hasn't it? i think overall yes the live streaming's been okay but i would say there hasn't yes. been a, a stream that i've watched on fight where i haven't had to refresh at least once you know the sound going out yep. of sync or the stream stopping we we talked yeah. about it on another two podcasts, JP. We've been trying for about ten years, haven't we, with this wrestling high pay per view lark, and we're, we're oh, getting close to, to a perfect it. world. WWE get it right, New Japan mostly get it right, I suppose. When you're these smaller companies, it's harder. Um, but you know, this this is the biggest weekend of the world, the biggest weekend of the year as well. Is there is there an excuse for it? I'm not so sure. I'm not really. I mean, I think this is the first thing they need to get sorted out when they're going to um, New York. All of these companies need to really look at themselves and, and how they do it um, or whether or not they're just going to release a live edit mm. um, and do it that way and not even try and stream it and have it on afterwards. Yeah. Because that's I think this is something that is so many of these companies rely on this mm. income now. It's a it's a definite part in terms of the VOD. So you need to get this right. And we bang on as well about um, some of the technical aspects and you know some companies not trusting their hard cam enough and simple things like that and i think the presentation needs to be thought out because i was really struggling with the sound and mm. points through with fight that seemed to be my constant battle over the weekend so yeah I, 
this will be the thing to look at next year. Look at what the capabilities are of the venues that they're looking at running. You'd like to think New York, it would, it would be pretty good, but you know. Who knows? Fingers crossed, year 11, we get it right. <laughs> well, yeah, talking live stream, and I mean, this is our, our wrap-up show. This is the last show we were doing about uh, WrestleMania weekend, and I suppose the elephant yes. in the room from day three slash four is that WrestleMania did take place last night. I mean, there's a yeah. million other podcasts you can listen to if you want a, a full WrestleMania recap, uh, post-wrestling, Wrestling Observer, uh, RBR Wrestling. There's all kinds of, of great uh, coverage of WrestleMania out there, but while we're talking about live stream, and I'll just ask you, JP, did you, did you stay up for WrestleMania, uh, what did the did the seven hours of Mania compare to the forty odd hours of uh, of other content that we've had this weekend? Oh, do you know what? It was the it was the US title four way. I, I, it was the sight of Randy Orton. That's what did it in for me. <laughs> Sent you to At sleep, that point, the body went. Yeah, absolutely. Sent me to sleep, um, and then was woken up at eight this morning. I managed, managed to sort of pre-show my kids, who oh, cool. were. Um, they were sick of the uh, fighting with my family clip they <laughs> even they were sick of it oh by that God. point um never want to see that ever again uh so yeah i've watched the rest today you watched it live i did your body clock has oh. now adjusted to wrestling time i'm a mess jp i'm going back to work tomorrow i don't know what i'm gonna do <laughs> um i think i'm just gonna have to have a little sleep at my desk uh it's gonna be weird it's gonna get to six in the morning i bet you i'll still be awake because my body's expecting some kind of a wrestling show to come on um i mean but i suppose while we're talking about wrestlemania just briefly there's a couple of stories yes. from wrestlemania that are relevant to the indies ronda rousey isn't one mm. uh although she did look surprisingly good oh. that was probably the, the highlight of the night for me watching it live just an incredibly put together match the they walked the right. I mean, we didn't talk yep. about Beyond from Thursday, did we? Because again, they were like getting no. the VOD out. But uh, I'm not a big fan of intergender stuff. But I think maybe Jack and Trips was watching that Beyond stream um, and thought, "Oh, I've got some good ideas here. <laughs> we can do it." Because they kind of walked the line, didn't they? They did some intergender stuff in the match, but they didn't um, go too far. Really, they just had Ronda beating the punching the shit out of Triple H. And there was a point where uh, Kurt had an ankle lock on Stephanie and a couple of other things. But uh, they did it the yep. right way, didn't they? They did. I heard you describe it as a sports entertainment masterclass, and that's <laughs> it what was. it was. Exactly, yeah. It, it was the epitome of WWE. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like, this is what you would expect from it. Definitely. Um, wrestling and Gaga mixed in together. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it straddled that line brilliantly. Um, it was, it would have been great fun to be at. I know Joe enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, it was, it was great fun when I was, again, watching it with my kids. They absolutely loved it. They were laughing. Is, points at the right points as well isn't it weird that you know in a, a podcast like this and with you know most of our listeners are going to be the type of people who probably would have been looking forward to aj styles and shinsuke nakamura um aj obviously was yeah. a, had a story passed on the indies and shinsuke being a new japan guy but actually i think the, the ronda match was probably the better of the two i was so disappointed with aj and nakamura i feel like the it just wasn't in the yep. league of the, the new japan era so um again to re make it relevant to the indies joe dinella said that um PCO had a better match yes. this weekend and I can't really disagree. I think I put PCO nope. Walter a couple of notches above uh, AJ and Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, I've, I've heard it said before. I mean, I love Nakamura. I love New Japan Nakamura. But, um, yeah, it, it was, it was, it wasn't that it was bad, bad, mm. but it was so underwhelming. Mm. And it felt very, and it felt flat and it felt like, the crowd had died by that point. Yeah. Um, particularly after Brian 
that was the thing that was who we I would have loved to see going forward on the indies. But I think with how he looks at the moment and the way that he appears to be working, like we're going to get a few years out of him. That's why I wanted to bring fingers crossed. Touchwood. Yeah, Yeah. that's why I wanted to bring Maynard up because Brian is someone who I was kind of hoping would would wind up on the indies. I mean, uh, it's great that he's in WWE and. Watching the match at WrestleMania last night, I mean, I'm always someone who I just think he's gone through so much testing um, on his brain yes. that none of our other favorite, you know, if you put half of that New Japan roster, anyone who's done a G1, um, and a lot of the indie guys who go unchecked, if you put them through the same test, and I don't think they'd come through with flying colors, uh, whereas Brian no. apparently does. Um, but yeah, he's someone who I really did want to see in the Indies, but I think part of me watching that match last night, he was very much taking care of himself in doing his drop kicks in the corner. Mm. He was making sure he landed on his arm. I think if he stays in WWE, we're going to get years of him. Um, but then again, if he went on the Indies, I think he was saying that he wanted to do a style similar to Zack Sabre Jr. And as we said on the Day 2 podcast, if Zack Sabre Jr. is going full-time mm. in New Japan now, hey, that'd be a good match, wouldn't it? Uh, Brian and, uh, and Zack Sabre. Um, oh. did, <laughs> do you think it's, it's even possible at that, this point? Or did that Mania match make you think, oh, he, he's, he's staying there now, he's going to be a WWE guy? I think he's staying there mm. and I'm kind of saddened by it whether or not it's uh, I mean it depends what kind of contract he would sign next whether or not it'd be a year rolling contract depending on whether or not they've got faith in him mm. um uh, it's it's interesting I mean I I, I don't want to see him necessarily bring him back full-time because there's a part of him that's so special yeah. that you you need it you need him wrestling selectively, not every week on SmackDown. Um, but to have seen him on the Indies, because he feels like he would have been the game changer mm. necessarily. If you were, if you were like New Japan and you had Daniel Bryan, I think that would bring in enough interest yeah. for that to be. You know, you wouldn't worry about booking a ten thousand seat arena in America. That wouldn't. That wouldn't be a concern. I think Brian and, and CM all the Punk fresh are the two draws, aren't they? Sorry, yeah, Brian and yes, CM Punk, they they're the draws. Yes, they are. Yeah, definitely. The the two that you could bring in. Um so yeah. Uh what do you think, Ben? I mean, like it's you reckon he's gonna sign as well? Yeah, I think so. I mean part of me was watching the match thinking that it was very sports entertainment to you. I I wouldn't I think I've seen people talk about and wrestlers talk about like the, the match was genius because they had Brian. They did another stretcher tease uh, i wonder if they're going to do that with every single match into the mm-hmm. now they're going to do this bloody injury tease stuff adam line on the outside and then when he finally got in he did get a good pop for his comeback but i feel like people saying that are forgetting that it was daniel bryan making his return at wrestlemania he was getting that pop for his comeback no matter how you laid the match out a part of me watched it yeah. like in does daniel bryan this hardcore wrestling fan who watches all this new japan who has a certain style was he thinking you know there's a lot of gaga in that match it wasn't like if you'd imagined him and Sami Zayn on the Indies, the match would look nothing like that. Uh, if you imagined uh, him yes. and someone else against Sami Zayn and, and Kevin Owens slash Steen, you'd, you'd see mm. a different match structure to to what was there. So he's someone who's got a lot of money. He could walk away. Yep. Um, there's, I mean, I think he, he made it clear over the last year he was willing to walk away. But yeah, what, he's just so tied in, isn't he? The, the, there is the money aspect, whether that's important to him or not. There's the fact that him and his wife have got a reality show um, that's tied in with yep. WWE. Is he realistically... Uh, are we realistically going to see him in your call by the end of the year? I don't think I'd take that bet, <laughs> but uh, I don't think it's completely out of the realm of uh, possibility either. 
Yeah. Um, the, the other, uh, so we're not going to go through anything else on main. I mean, Roman and, and Brock Reigns. Roman and Brock Reigns? Roman and Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Why even bother? Um, at this point, uh, I mean, we're going to be here every year. The, the old man isn't giving up. Um, so weird that they, they spent three years building this and now Roman lost again. Um, but the, And again, we spent three years with the... This is why... I don't follow WWE that closely. Why the indies we're about to talk about on this show are, are things that I'm watching a lot yeah. more closely in 2018 because I just don't see how you can get emotionally uh, involved with that with that that product. Um, I just don't see it when you've got somebody you a good chunk of your fan base haven't wanted in that spot for the last three to four years against a, a bloke who's apparently leaving. How weird is it that it didn't get over? Um, it just it it just it, it yeah. begs belief, doesn't it? It does. I mean, the, it, just the kind of deadness mm. to it. That's the. It's it's quite unbelievable. I mean, and the whole thing is done to amuse one person, mm. who is apparently the only person who is truly <laughs> invested in this entire storyline and project yeah. that clearly hasn't worked. And it's just like, can we can we move past this? Um, and I. You know, I don't, don't, wouldn't surprise me if Daniel Bryan, if he signed a new contract, one of the first things they did is have him lose to Roman Reigns in order to build <laughs> him up for Brock at WrestleMania 30, 35, oh, is God. it? Yeah, it's 35. Yeah, God, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I know, it, it's one of these things where I'm, I can't, it, it's why I watch independent wrestling. And that's why I find that the influence of WWE, watching it and going, oh, no, let's do stuff like this. I worry about it. I mm. find it's quite corrosive. Yeah. Um, and for a first half of the show, sorry to go on about WrestleMania, for the first half of the show, I was really enjoying it up into the Bryan match. And then it just started to go downhill not absolutely shocking but like oh that's where they remind you yeah. why we uh, spend so much time covering uh brit res and why yes. uh, this website is about the indies i think when you uh you see something like it it, it just it re-energizes you makes you realize oh, yeah, i wasn't wasting my time trying to watch kaiju big battle for six hours that's the uh, that's the proper stuff i mean i <laughs> i uh yeah. i had i had a few people around for wrestlemania and i was making them watch um i was going to make them watch kaiju big battle but with the sound not working uh, we put on uh joey janela's spring break I just wanted to see what uh, WWE fans oh. would make of. We watched the PCO Walter match, which again they loved, which was awesome. And we watched the gimmick Battle Royal, although I did have my finger on the fast forwards because uh, there were some uh, lulls in that <laughs> yeah. thing. But it was uh, it was interesting seeing that yeah the uh, the Joey Janela formula does actually translate. Um, so yeah, I okay. suppose we should, as Walter said on Twitter, maybe we should thank WWE for. The fact that they put on this, you know, the WrestleMania is the reason that all of these indies are able to to fly yeah. out and uh, and piggyback upon it. Um, but it's just great to see that the uh, the indies have. I think the indies you could do a big uh, indie weekender like this and maybe not have WrestleMania attached to it. Maybe we'll get to that one point one day. Maybe the uh, the indies can chase New mm. Japan around or something like that. Uh, maybe that's the dream. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, really? You'll be living the dream then. <laughs> Right, well, uh, enough WWE talk for now. Let's get into uh, what we uh, came here to talk about, JP. Uh, and we've been uh, waiting a couple of days to speak about it, and I've got a lot to say. Uh, Ring of Honor and their Supercard of Honor 12 mm. show. I can't believe it's number 12. Um, I went to the first Supercard of Honor um, back in 2006. I don't think it was the first weekend they'd uh, mm -hmm. piggybacked off to WWE at WrestleMania weekends, uh, but it was the first time they, they gave it that name. It was such a dumb name, Supercard of Honor. Um, I know. <laughs> it's kind of stuck there. It's one of those things that you don't really think it's like Big Show or 
a number of other, Triple H, uh, loads of things in wrestling. If you if you overthink them, actually, what why is that? What does that actually mean? A super card of honor, uh, but it's just become normal, hasn't it, at this point? Um, but yeah, it's crazy that we're, we're twelve years on and they're they're still running these shows. Um, and Ring of Honor at this point is almost unrecognizable from that point it was 12 years ago i think the the highlight of the weekend the first supercard of honor that i went to was the dragon gate six man that they had there there was a as we just talked about brian danielson daniel bryan had a, a cracking match with uh with lance storm on the uh the first supercard of honor so it's uh it's interesting to see we've uh we come full circle and uh here's ring of honor uh still there still doing these uh big shows but now doing them to six thousand odd people just uh unbelievable uh, mm. achievement for roh and again we're saying that the piggybacking off WWE, but the reason they did six thousand people head to head with NXT um, is the strength of the the build for the show. I would say so, um, and I think they're piggybacking off. Well, frankly, piggybacking off Bullet Club as well for yeah. for a lot of this, whether it actually comes to the talent and also for a couple of the storylines, mm. and and that being from from New Japan. But yeah, it's a hell of a statement a to be going th- as long as they have been, mm. um, but to be in the state that they are. Um, they're a they're a funny company. Um, we're talking about them on an indie corner podcast, but they're owned by a large and comically evil corporation <laughs> in Sinclair. Um, it's hard to say, isn't it? What classes an indie these days? Because Ring of Honor is yeah, it was the super indie, wasn't it? When I was talking about Super Card of Honor one, and I yep. think most people do kind of count it as an indie but strictly in the interpretation of the term yeah they're, they're owned by a megalomaniac sinclair broadcaster who've been in the news the last week for their ties to the trump administration you have to kind of forget all that stuff don't you when you watch them yeah you do yeah it, it feels and it also feels like they do underfund them somewhat <laughs> yeah. um yeah. not for this show though this show they had some really good wide shots i mm. thought just to give you an idea of how many people are there um do you think they could draw anything close to this outside of wrestlemania does it need the fact of having those many casual fans who wouldn't normally be going to ring of honor pay-per-view are going to go because they might have struggled to go to nxt or didn't really fancy it for whatever reason i think it says can they about, draw mm, sorry you know I, was just gonna say, I think it says something about where um, i suppose the the fact that how much of the wwe audience now is made up of hardcore fans um back mm. again you know, to say back in my day when i went to the first supercard of honor i think the attendance was a uh, above a thousand up to about two thousand so it was good and that's kind of been uh, the rule of thumb for attendances for ROH uh, on these weekends. But it, there's something that's mm-hmm. exploded these last couple of years. Um, and I think there's, I, again, I think uh, as wrestling becomes, I don't know if it's less mainstream, it's just more hardcore. So there are more, there's a higher yeah. percentage, I think, of WWE fans who would be into a rocking a Bullet Club t-shirt and, and coming to see this. And you combine that with the, excellent work the bullet club have done in getting themselves yes. over the elite have done in getting themselves over on on youtube and it all kind of fits together as to why they drew this whether they could do it outside the mania weekend well all in is uh is coming up and all in is yeah up in everything but name it's a ring of honor show isn't it um i can't yeah. it, it's it's going to be very heavily uh inclusive of, of ring of honor talent probably new japan talent as well so i don't know maybe if you did a big weekend with roh in new japan you could uh you could do these numbers and maybe do that mythical 10,000 yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. you mentioned the other thing you mentioned, JP. You said the, about the the underfunding of Ring of Honor. I think 
this was a show where I don't know. It felt a little bit like watching, uh, you know, you compare WCW. And I was watching this and the NXT Takeover stream at the same time. I was kind of jumping back and yes. forth between, and then the morning after catching up yes, on what I missed. Um, but it was a bit like going back and forth from WWF and WCW back in the day. It's like a modern day Monday Night yep. War. And there's just something. It was just a bit dark, I would say, about the production of ROH. It just looked a, a touch cheaper. They had 6,000 people in the building, but I didn't feel like they showed it off as well as they could. Um, I liked those long mm. shots of the commentators who were away from the ring and you could see the crowd behind them. Although I would say, Cole Cabana, come mm. on, mate, buy a jacket. It's not, go to a thrift store and spend $10 on a jacket. You look <laughs> a bit scruffy there. Uh, but yeah, I like those shots, but that was kind of the only time you got to see the scale. Um, otherwise it felt a bit dark in that arena. Yeah, um, funny, I think Marty Skirl up on his Twitter feed had the best sort of photo of mm. the building right from the top and, and how it really looked. And that's and it was impressive. And with better production values, like you say, they would have been able to showcase it a bit more. I mean, they have steadily improved. Um, but when you're comparing it against um, WWE, it's, you know, it, it's it's another world, really. Um, and they were, I mean... There are always some Ring of Honor have always had issues with iPay-per-views in one way or another. (laughs) They're never going to be perfect at it. I learned to accept that quite some time ago. (laughs) Just comes with the territory. When ordering some of those, yeah, when ordering those early um, Global Wars shows, (laughs) it was just like, ugh, never again. That's it. So yeah, they'll probably have to go away to, to earn people's trust back and they, they've kind of, they're trying it with this honor club stuff, but yeah, the fact that, again, they're not getting the VOD up quickly. I know people who've done the, the yearly honor club thing and paid the, the premium. I think it's like $120, something like that. And this was classed as an event, not an iPay per view. So you got this even on the cheapest uh, $10 a month tier. Um, but yeah, apparently yeah. the people, the big hardcore fans who are willing to put money into this and trust Ring of Honor, I've seen a lot of complaints on like the Ring of Honor World forums and then elsewhere that they don't have the back catalog up catalog up there with all of the the classic Ring of Honor stuff that you'd expect. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think they've got to they've got to earn the fans' trust a little bit if they're gonna. It's good that they're finally here with you know doing a streaming service. Um, but yeah, yep. it's not quite a, it's not quite there yet as to to what's really expected in 2018. Um, mm. We talk, we talk then. Then JP, let's get into the car. We'll talk the big matches first. Um, Cody and mm. Kenny was the the big match. I don't think they, I didn't think they killed it to yeah. the level of you know some other big matches over this weekend. There was a lot more Gaga and, and ref bumps in this match. I thought than than you know than maybe I expected or maybe I, I should have expected with a lot of the uh, being the elite uh, threads kind of being thrown in here and and being paid off. But it certainly had a big match feel. Mm. Um, but again, I thought it was just a bit odd. One thing we're going to talk about with this show, it was a very long show, and they were thrown out there, weren't they? Yes. Second to last, when this was quite clearly what drew the people to the building. Uh, do you think that hurt it at all? And yeah. What did you make of it as a match? Yeah, I, absolutely it hurt it. Um, I can remember them doing it for another iPaper. I think it might have been Dalton Castle's defence against Jay Lethal, and that was on after what was really the main event, and I think that was the Bucks. I can't remember. No, it was... Um, Anyway, can't remember, whatever it was, involved Bullet Club. Hmm. You said it yourself um, a couple of days ago, they talked you into watching this show. They've talked you into the building. Um, And this is what, the fact it wasn't on last, um, and the fact it was, it was such an incredibly long show. 
ah, oh, you know, if you'd lost 10 minutes, what would you have lost from it? Mm. Really? It would have been, it, it just kind of felt, it was, it was very good, but it, um, for Cody matches, I don't think it was as anywhere near as good as the Okada match that he had with him at the first Long Beach shows for New Japan. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think it really hurt that. And it's certainly the, you asked before about the, the effect when it go on to the world title match, it, it was just like I, I wasn't there. I really wasn't that invested in it because by that point I felt very tired. Yeah, it was exhausting, wasn't it? In being a long match, it was. Yeah, I mean there was good stuff. Like I said, they they got in all of being the elite stuff. They had, you know, Kenny mm. uh, accidentally bumping uh, Brandy Rhodes and Flip Gordon coming out to help her out, and you know there was a, a, mm. a bit a thing with the books uh, at the end of the match that I'll talk about in a moment. They got all mm. of all of the shit in, and again, I think this was the match that the people came to see but yeah i don't know i think it, it, it i think i agree with it. i think it was hurt a little bit by coming here um at least they at least went on it after nxt had finished i think that was whether they did that on purpose yeah. or not i thought that was a bit of a master stroke it may it meant that i think a lot more people would have lost this watch this live rather than being forced to make the uh the choice between uh this and uh, and nxt um but yeah it was just this was why i was watching the show they like you say they talk people into the building um, and I think Cody yep. and uh, Cody especially his might where he's so good he's just he's he's the best yeah. one of the best in the business at this point that I, I never would have imagined that I'd say that about Cody Rhodes. You said it wasn't quite mm-hmm. up to the level of Kenny matches. I didn't expect that going in. I think Cody is as he'll joke about in his promos, Mister Three Stars. Um, three Star, yeah. Yeah, the great match with Kota Ibushi uh, in New Japan not long ago with the the, uh, the yeah. Tokyo Dome, but a lot of that's probably Kota Ibushi. Uh, I don't know what you what you what you make of Cody and Ring. I, I do enjoy how how much he's shaped by. He feels like he's shaped a lot by early nineties WCW in this match. He was doing Wyndham suplexes. Yes, there's a very du- off the top superplexes. There's a lot of Dusty and, and Ric Flair influences. Gear looks very uh, Sting influenced. Um, I do I do really in, enjoy him as a character. Are, are you a fan? I am now. Um, it's really taken a long time to build up to it. I mean, I think the the apex was that last episode of Ring of Honor when he was cutting the promo on on Kenny Omega asking, you know, saying things that patently weren't true, but in a way that was very convincing. And like you say, you can always you can tell the Ric Flair influence in particular, and and it feels like a, um, a very much a, a canny. Um, updated version on social media as well. He's very good value. Mm. He's I just find him incredibly interesting. Yeah. Which even though I know that the issue I might have is that his matches are sporadically going to be very very good. Um, he's still I'm still invested in him. I'm still interested in him, and I'm still interested in the angle. And he's and he's kind of like this perfect foil mm. to have within the Bullet Club in terms of breaking him up i can see him within a couple of years and as you always think will be the case ending up in wwe where he should be coming in as like a main event heel mm-hmm. if anything into into wwe um but then we're talking you know a couple of years down the road yeah yeah i could see him fitting in i mean he fits he you take the bullock club out of ring of honor you take cody Rhodes out of ring of honor i don't know who else you'd focus yeah. on i know he's not even the champion at this point but they do feel like the the most important people in ring of honor um so yeah i'd worry if that ever happened what what ring of honor do next but yeah you're right i i just yep. i think he's a great character i think 
a lot of this match was, like I say, there was just a lot of character work in there. There was a, a point where Cody was kind of spitting at, uh, at Kenny and grabbing his eyes and grabbing the ref and doing anything he could to uh, avoid the V-Trigger. And that was kind of the, the match summed up. Kenny was trying to do all his big moves and Cody was doing a lot of stalling and teasing and you know, teasing doing the, the shattered dreams um, and, and not doing it. Yep. And um, I, I mean, I just think that he's got something there that, that really translates for the fans. It's just the in-ring um, is maybe not quite there for him. I enjoyed all of these moments in isolation. I enjoyed him pulling out a, a vertebraker of all things, trying to trying to keep up, keep up with uh, Kenny Omega with the, the crazy offense. Um, but I think once, if you've got a wrestler like that in the match, I, I don't know. I don't know if the, it hurts it from a, an in-ring purist's uh, point of view. And that's maybe why we're, we're not talking about this as if it's uh, anywhere near a five-star match. Yeah. Um, what did you think of um, the Young Buck stuff then at the, at the end of the match? I think that was talking to being the elite mm. stuff. I, I like that they... they if anyone hasn't seen it, they came out at the end and they did this big long tease about who they were going to super kick and they, they went for, for Cody and they got Kenny. Um, I expect there's no episode out yet, but I expect that'll be uh, talked about on the next Being the Elite episode. Um, I enjoyed all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I enjoyed that paying in and they kind of made for a, a nice finish and gave us a, a nice cliffhanger as to, to what to expect next with the Bullet Club. I think it was a nice finish. I think the way that they delivered the timing of it was very good. The way that it, it clearly looked like they were going for Cody, but he was able to move at the last minute, and Kenny was in the perfect position in order to take the super kicks. Um, and Cody had to win here. Mm. It would have been... Because, I mean, clear, I don't know what direction they're going in for All In, where you imagine there's going to be... That's the culmination for a lot of these stories. Rematch so they have to... Yeah, I was thinking, do you do the rematch there? Um because obviously the temptation is going to be, is are New Japan going to do something when they go to the Cow Palace as well? Um, is that going to affect it in, in some way, shape or form? Um, but yeah, you'd imagine the rematch would, would be at all in, um, possibly like inside a cage. I don't know. Go old school with it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like, so I liked the finish, even though you could telegraph what was going to happen because it's, it's a logical way of progressing. I mean, so gonna yeah, he was. Wasn't he, he? he was in the commentary, wasn't he? Going, oh, they can't, they can't just be making the mind up now. I was like, no, shut up. That's what the, that is literally the angle. Don't apply because if you start applying logic to that, you start picking it apart. Going, oh yeah, why haven't they decided before they came out who they're gonna kick? Why are they pretending like they don't <laughs> know who they're gonna kick? Because wrestling foot kind of falls apart when you apply that to it. There was a couple of points like that where Cabano, I was just <laughs> when the, the referee started to count as well, and it was this dramatic slow count, and he just had to quip, "It's a slow one." I was like, just, just shut up. Just, just be quiet for a couple of minutes and let the, let the moment yeah. breathe. You know, uh, I think that that hurts it a little bit. But yeah, perhaps this is, uh, this is match number one of a, a longer series between Kenny and Cody, and maybe we'll, we'll get more, uh, more going forward. Um, you touched yeah. on it as well, then JP. Uh, it, it had to be followed by the, the other big match on the show, uh, Marty Skrull and Dalton Castle. Again, we said we've just said it a few times now. It was a long, long show. Uh, the two Bullet Club leaders have just killed it. And now the, I wouldn't say mid-level Bullet Club guy, but the upper mid-level Bullet Club guy, Marty Scale, is now challenging mm. for the title. It just, yeah, this wasn't the place for this match, was it? And it was uh, very much hurt from it. They hurt by it. 
oh, it was really hurt. I, I just wasn't feeling it at all. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's just it. I maybe I'm just not feeling Dalton Cap. It's just weird having Dalton Castle as your Ring of Honor champion mm. when so much of the focus is Bullet Club, mm. and there isn't really any storylines that are interweaving him into that dynamic. Yeah. So for me, I wasn't in, invested in this in the first place, um, and. Yeah, it was just when it was very stall-heavy at points. And, it, you know, there's a lot of people doing their thing and doing their shtick. Mm. And I was just like, oh. And I just started to just not feel it yeah. from that point. And so, yeah. Yeah, because what did it go? Did it go about 30 minutes or so? It's what it felt Something like. Something close to that? You know what it felt like? It did the, feel like it. It felt like at the Janela show where you kind of had that epic... It was, it was a bit like the epic main events of the Janela show where there's this big strike exchange and there's this kind mm. of dueling chance from the fans, but the, they really didn't feel like they were hugely into it. They all just felt like they wanted to go home and it looked like people were going home as well. You could see the, the stands kind of emptying and there were big moments in this match like Dalton Castle getting backdropped on the steps that deserved big response and they just didn't get it. Um, so I think, yeah, placement... A tired crowd just really, really hurt this thing. There was even, to be honest, yep. the, the moments as well where, where Dalton Castle had kicked out late a couple of times from pinfalls, and I think that hurt as well. Um, it just made it, it yeah. just, the frustration that the crowd seemed to have from just being grumpy and tired just came out there. And yeah, it just the two guys who are both guys that that I do like, and I like Dalton Castle, even if I agree with you that maybe I don't quite see him as as Ringo on a world champion level. I think they deserved a bit better than this, and. You know, we might have all criticised them mm. if you know if Ring of Honor put the title match on second to last. We we you probably would have got the comments from people going, "Oh, that's disgusting! It's the Ring of Honor title; it should have gone on last." But I still think that's the the lesser of uh, of the two evils uh, than what we got here. What yeah. did what did you make of the uh, the finish then, JP? With uh, I I I think as much as I was, oh, I was yeah. finding it hard to watch, and it had gone a bit long. But Marty breaking Todd and Sinclair's fingers, and therefore him not being able to count the uh, the banger, yeah, was was awesome stuff. And they they did have a, a nice little sequence there. I, I was watching it, buying some of the near falls here as Marty used the his, his brolly for some really brutal hits and managed to grab the chicken wing as well. Um, I did start to, to buy that that Marty might actually win here. And it, I suppose it would have made sense. That was that was going in my head. I was thinking, well, they must have put it on last for a reason. Maybe Marty's really winning. That's what I thought. I actually thought Marty was going to win. Um, just in a way of just adding to the overall bigger story of... Um, of the Bullet Club and what's going on because you throw Marty as champion into the mix and you throw his relationship with Cody. Oh, that would have been um, an interesting dynamic, slightly, wouldn't it? Would have been a really interesting dynamic. Um, but yeah, that was... I, I enjoyed that sequence in terms of the um, breaking Todd Sinclair's fingers. I was I was kind of fine with that. I, I don't know how you felt about the Nick Aldis stuff. Yeah, he's just... It was funny, it's like he got paid this weekend to be in crowds wearing suits. It's kind of what he did at the Hall of Fame. Oh, maybe not even getting paid, I'm sure he wasn't, but he sat in the Hall of Fame crowd and then he was sat in the crowd here. But yeah, this whole relationship with uh, Ring of Honor and it's clear they're going to be doing something with the NWA going forward. I thought it was interesting yeah. that you got Nick Aldis kind of portrayed as this big superstar sitting in the crowd and he's you know doing stuff that involves the champion whereas Austin Aries okay yeah he's the TNA champion but he's involved in the in the lesser feud for the uh, the TV title I thought that was a bit weird yeah 
Yeah, it is. Yeah, TNA must regret that split sometime around 2003. <laughs> Finally paying the price for it. It's a lesser title now. Pretty much that's it then, isn't it, really? That's all there is to say on that match. It's uh, We got yeah. the desperation bangerang win from uh, from Dalton there. And it again, I just felt like if this was going to go on last, it would have made sense to me if Marty was going over. But yeah, it just felt like a bit of a flat end to a long show. And for Ring of Honor's biggest show ever um i don't know i don't know if that was the the way to go off the air um but i guess we'll, mm. we'll see where the uh, the go for it going forwards maybe we'll get a, a really interesting fuse with a nwa world champion nick alders going forward um <laughs> let's wait and see <laughs> uh, the other big match then of the night uh, was the big ladder match um for the six-man title it kind of annoys me that it's called the six-man title trios would probably be a better uh, way of putting it when there's uh, only three men on each side i was watching it Again, we mentioned earlier, I was jumping back and forth on this uh, bevy of riches of a live stream and weekends where uh, NXT was going on. I watched the NXT ladder match first, and then when this thing started to go to the ring, um, I switched over to Ring of Honor and paused the uh, the NXT stream. Uh, I was kind of watching it thinking, can they follow what, what NXT did? I'm not sure they did. Oh, that's a really interesting comparison. But it yeah. was fun. I think the, the big spots in this thing um, were as good as anything on NXT. Nick Nick Jackson running across the oh, ladders yeah. across the ring and the big uh, double 450 spots to the outside through tables by the Young Bucks. There was a lot of good stuff yeah. in this um, and it was very good. But yeah, I think you can't help but uh, compare it to the, the other famous ladder match that was happening uh, around the same time. Yeah, um, I love that floor is lava spot. I mean, that, <laughs> that, that was great. And it was the kind of thing that um, that you, I'm trying to remember if I've seen what the closest comparison to that spot is. Um, Nick Jackson's just amazing. Mm. He's he is incredible um, at the things he's able to do. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It was completely fucking batshit. Um, yeah. It was it was wild. It was everything that Jim Cornette would obviously hate. <laughs> um, and someone like Flip Gordon in this works. Yeah. Um this is this this is kind of the role that he, he, he needs to be in. And I enjoy SoCal Uncensored, what I've seen of it. Scorp- um Scorpio Sky, he's also one of the trainers at the New Japan Dojo in LA. Mm. Um he's good. Anything I've I've what I've seen of him, so I'm quite glad that, that he's involved. Yeah, it was just absolutely batshit. Mm. Um it's just there was stuff of the kingdom massive. in it. Yeah, I was just going to say about Scorpio Sky, it's just a shame he's a massive homophobe, but we'll, uh, if we're going to start talking homophobes oh, on the Monash shows, we best not. Remember when he got, uh, he had that WWE contract and, uh, well, he was doing like stuff on, with Daniel oh. Bryan and Kane and WWE TV and stuff came out about negative tweets he's done in the past. Um, but yeah, maybe that's a oh, subject Jesus. we shouldn't go too deep on once you start getting into the, uh, the oh, morals yeah. of, uh, of pro wrestlers. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of, that you just mentioned the interference there by the kingdom that hurt it a little bit for me as well um, yeah again i don't follow ring of honor hugely closely but anytime i do watch it the kingdom are just instant change the channel heat with me i'm just not interested yep. in any of the three of them it was kind of cool that they came out and kind of uh they were carrying the ladder i think while flip was uh, still on the ladder that was kind of a, a cool spot um but yeah they just no interest for me really and it just it, it distracted a little bit from from uh, from the great match that the uh the six men who uh, were in the match were having yeah two um two wrestlemanias in a row the bucks have had wild ladder matches 
<laughs> yeah, what did you make of? Uh, I mean, we talked yesterday about the new work being the old work with uh, with Will Ospreay. Uh, Matt Jackson's playing that same thing, isn't he? But part of the finish of this match was that he yeah. did a big elbow off the uh, off the ladder um, through a table, uh, which was absolutely of a nuts spot. And we all believe that he's really hurting, and I think he's hurting to a point. But they're, they're very much exaggerating for effect, aren't they? And uh, and doing that. Uh, they are. It, there's nothing more old school in wrestling, is there? But it's quite interesting to see this modern twist on it, don't you think? Oh yeah, he's he's been excellent at it. Mm. Um, the the way that he's portrayed it. Um, obviously that I mean it's been reported that there is an injury there, but I mean if it was as bad to the degree that he was selling it, then he shouldn't be allowed to get up off his sofa. Um, <laughs> no there's no well, way in hell he's going to do that. Yeah, <laughs> let alone have a ladder match. Um, so it was it the way that they've worked they've and it's because they're invested in these storylines as much. I mean, we complained about the Young Bucks before um, and the match they had at York Hall. Mm. Um, when it was the um, the, CCK the Bucks match. and Marty versus yeah versus yeah um, who was it CCK and Flip Gordon mm. and we really complained about them there but they're thoroughly invested in in a lot of their work and this and this back injury is part of the storyline and they've played it in really nicely um, and it works for this and and it's it also affords them the possibility of having a couple of losses. Mm. Because I think they they kind of needed that, if that makes any sense. Because they were looking like kind of pretty indestructible in Ring of Honor for the most part, um, and so it, it's it's added a kind of nice vulnerability to them. Particularly the match they had at Strong Style Evolved mm. with the Golden Lovers. So yeah, more of it. Definitely, definitely. So yeah, I enjoyed that one. Uh, we'll go through some other highlights of the card. They were kind of the big th- three mm-hmm. matches. Um, yep. The opener match was Jonathan Gresham and, uh, and Chucky T, which was an enjoyable little match. And uh, the second match was uh, yes. Punishment Martinez and Tomohiro Ishii, which I thought was a really great match. Uh, either of those uh, stick out to you, JP? Oh yeah, Punishment Martinez trying to kill himself, diving to the outside. That was terrifying. <laughs> and sort of landing on, landing on his head, oh, yeah. going for Ishii. I was shocked by the finish. Um, and uh, spoiler alert here, he well, he cleanly beats um, Tomohiro Ishii, who, given what he'd been able to do, was it that afternoon? No, was it the day before? Yeah, yeah. It was the day before. That uh, What he was able to do the day before... Um, should I go ahead and spoil it? You might as well. I think we've mentioned it already, that he's might the well. new Rev Pro champion. Have, if you haven't caught up with Pro that champion. already, sorry, guys. Yeah, sorry. Um, uh, tiptoeing around it. <laughs> yeah, he. Um, yeah, Punishment Martinez beat the Ref Pro Champion clean. Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's more. I mean, the fact that he beat Ishii, it was a. Uh, the match was yeah. well. It was, there was a lot of. I mean, big Ishii matches. You get a lot of Ishii selling, but there was a lot here. It was a very dominant performance from uh, Punishment. Punishment. I keep wanting to call him the Punisher because um, I think that was his nickname at one point, wasn't it? Um, but he's done oh, a performance yeah. from him. Um, he kind of he battered Ishii throughout the match. Ishii did the thing that he does great, mm-hmm. which is selling. Uh, like you say, uh, Punishment has did a lot of the big the, the the flying. He was very reminiscent of a Mike Awesome in his pomp with his ridiculous dive that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. He's 
doing step up Toki Tobekan Helos and Frankensteiners off the top. Um, it felt like a breakout match for him probably because it felt like he also got 80% of the offense in there as well. Um, so yeah, it was kind of cool to see, uh, a, a lot of this new Japan Ring of Honor relationship, at least at first, was very one-sided. But you know, Ishii's not the, the top guy in New Japan. He can afford these losses. Uh, but I think it mm-hmm. tells you that, uh, ROH are well behind, uh, the Punisher and he's, uh, he's well on his way to, uh, maybe better things in Ring of Honor. He's getting a bit up there in age, I believe. I think he's in his late 30s. Um, and he has been yep. around a little while, but he seems to be getting over. I do. Now, I don't know if you remember the match he had with Goto in New Japan. It, it might have been on one of the Honor Rising shows. Mm. And he had a really good match, really good match with Goto, and it was surprising the amount that he got in. I think it was like a, a never title match. Mm. And, um, you know, there is something definitely there. I also think as well the fact that New Japan allowed this to happen would suggest that um, New Japan have some plans for him as well. Mm. Um, because otherwise, like, I, I wonder whether or not they would look to bring him in at some point. Quite where he'd fit in, there's a lot of obvious um, Western wrestlers that they have in New Japan, and they have a ridiculously stacked roster as it is. So, uh, but I could... It would suggest that they're certainly thinking about him at the very least. Uh, they always like a good uh, big lad in Japan, don't they? So, uh, yeah, maybe oh, he, could, yeah. he could fit in there. Um, <laughs> what did you make of uh, Hangman Page and Kota Ibushi then? That was another match that a lot of people were talking about coming out to oh. the weekend. Um, Hangman Page, is he's over by his association with Bullet Club. I've kind of been a bit mean on him in the past and said that a lot of... It does yeah. feel a lot of the time like it's, it's lads in Bullet Club shirts pretending that they like uh, Hangman Page. Uh, but he's coming to his own in some <laughs> ways. It, there's a reason, isn't it, the books he and is. Cody and that have taken them under his wing. And, you know, maybe it's Kota Ibushi doing his magic again. But I thought this was one of the, the better matches of the weekend. I do. I thought this match was great. I really enjoyed it. And, and again, I I've kind of was tempered with real relatively low expectations. Hmm. Um, for, like, Adam Page. I've never... I was trying to think of Adam Page matches... I, the the one at Strong Style Evolved I kind of wanted to like more than I actually did like mm. in the end. I, I thought it was perfectly fine, but I wasn't. I still wasn't invested. In this one, I was I was there, and he it appears to be coming on at a, a very good rate. And it's clear that both New Japan and Ring of Honor have big plans. They see something in him. I, the Bucks and Cody see something in him. I think I'd be somewhat of a fool to say no. I, I think they're all wrong. Um, <laughs> And that there is there is definitely something there. Definitely, yeah. And like I say, Kota gave him plenty of offense in this one. It was kind of yeah. interesting to see Kota doing his ridiculous moonsault to the outside and Paige trying to copy him. That was that there was that ridiculous snap German uh, off the uh, onto the floor. It was off to off the guardrail, wasn't it? There was kind of a, a ridiculous spot in there as well. And okay, Kota Ibushi went yeah. over quite clean and, and as he should, um, it, considering Hangman Page's uh, spot both here and, and in New Japan. But yeah, it gave me a, a glimmer of hope really there to see, well, maybe maybe we could uh, hang on page. The, there's reason, like you say, that they've, they've gotten behind him so heavy and uh, reason that he's uh, getting so over. Um, anything else stand out to you on the card? I kind of thought... They were really the, the big matches for me. There was a lot of other stuff on this card. There was a tag schmoz. There was a even Tanahashi Lethal against the Briscoes. There was a lot of. Oh, what yeah. Felt, I mean, I, I would never call Tanahashi filler, but I would say there was a lot of filler on this show. Kenny King and Silas Young. Um, I kind of I went from um, watching the the NXT 
stream and just as that finished uh, turning over to Ring of Honor and you, you're greeted by the sight of Silas Young and uh, the Beer City Bruiser and it, it couldn't oh, look more shindy and then they had a long oh. angle with Cheeseburger and Bully Ray the, did you know he's a WWE Hall of Famer uh, turning heel on Cheeseburger there was just a lot of filler long segments that on Ring of Honor's supposed biggest show of all time but just felt like it was in the way yeah, it felt like they. It was more sports entertainment than NXT, mm. like th- those kind of things. Unless Cheeseburger is gonna like completely squash Bully Ray, which mm. isn't gonna happen. Mm. Um, like, <laughs> what's what is the benefit of him being there? I mean, because he he doesn't appear to be willing to kind of put over anyone, or his version of what putting over is is from some bygone era that now needs to be left to the past. Um, yeah, it just the same shtick that he was deli- that I've seen him deliver before. Um, and I turned against him after seeing that Sa- Shah Samuels match live in Ring of Honor and hearing the stories about what complete dick he is. Um, Tanahashi, yeah, I agree with you, complete waste. Um, the, uh, the Women of Honor tournament, I, I really wasn't invested in. I've watched the pre-show matches as well. Um, a lot of that was as the crowd was filing in. Mm. Um, that was awkward. And we're going to talk about her in a. It was awkward. I didn't think Kelly Klein was was great, and certainly should have been in the final. Mm. Um, you have you have Tennille Dashwood, who has somewhat of a name, and you don't put her there instead. Uh, I don't know. I, I to... You've also got Diona Perazzo had a great match at Shimmer, which we'll talk about in a bit, mm. and. She hasn't made it to the final, so yeah, I, I didn't really like that. Yeah, it was just an awkward final, wasn't it? It was like uh, Kelly Klein and uh, and Sumi kind of just had... There was just a lot of miscommunication, and there was a point where I was watching and Sumi you know, won the match with a weird DDT finish, but she was just stumbling around the ring afterwards like she was pissed off that she'd won. She looked so unhappy to win. They tried to do like a, a curtain call <laughs> with uh, all the other women that you named there. And it just, it just, it was just an awkward five minutes, wasn't it? It wasn't like a, it was this big crowning of a champion. It was almost, I know it's not the case, but it almost felt like she wasn't even supposed to win the match. Do you know what? Yeah, it was really weird, wasn't it? Because obviously they, they tried to cut away. And then they went back to it and tried to make it, oh, this is deeply respectful. It's like, well, why did you cut away in the first place? And like you say, she just looked not exactly happy about it. Mm. It was just, yeah, I, they need to rethink this. They mm. really do. And it, and it, it's something that Joe has mentioned a lot of times and you as, and you and Joe know more about, um, Ring of Honor than I ever will do. But it, does it feel like, they need to shake up their booking somewhat and they need to shake up a lot of the talent roster because like we've said a couple of times, you take away Bullet Club from the yep. show and Oof. and what's there. Yeah. You're gonna end up with Silas Young world champion and, and <laughs> um Brea City Bruiser as T V ch- or that tag team he's in with the other bloke during the intermission. <laughs> I mean I like them too as well, but it's just yeah, you're exactly right. It's I mean they're they're just very, very the, the, the Beer City Bruiser is is, a, is an ideal, you know, 
it shows you exactly what 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 Ring of Honor kind of is at this point. He's their kind of TV wrestler, mm-hmm. isn't he? And yeah, he just comes across. The gimmick is just so small time. The fact that he was promoted on the you know the the Honorizen shows in New Japan, and he he did all right on the weekends. But I was still. I, he got over to the to the New Japan crowd, so maybe maybe I, I'm in, I'm wrong here, but it just felt like a bad look for Ring of Honor for that to be their one of their go to guys to have a a big match like that because yeah, you take away the New Japan guys and it's people like him who are kind of making up the roster. It's the the people who go to these uh the 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 TV seems to be filled with a lot of guys who you know they do these tryouts and they bring in low level indie guys who they can pay a small amount of money or Ring of Honor training yeah. school guys and they can pay them a small amount of money. And and it just doesn't feel very, very big time away from all the the Bullet Club uh, and New Japan stuff. So yeah, God help us if uh, if anything ever goes wrong with that uh, New Japan and Ring of Honor relationship. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. While, while we're talking about it, then JP, this was this show was one of uh, three shows that was going on at the same time. This was going on, mm. NXT was going on, Style Battle was going on as well, which I'm going to talk about in a little while. Style Battle was very much the uh, the C show here, very much suffered from uh, lots of people going out to the NXT and Ring of Honor shows. Uh, you watched both, so how would you compare the, the Ring of Honor show to, to the NXT show? I think that as we said earlier, the most direct comparison is that open and ladder match that NXT had. Um, yeah. What was the the better of the two on the night? Who in our modern day Monday Night War, who would you say won? NXT. Mm. I would say NXT won, even though it can't be considered to be a. It was a. It was a really good night for Ring of Honor mm. from a money and merchandising perspective and and getting their name out there. Yeah, that that's fine. But NXT. Mm. I mean, there was parts of NXT. Thinking of the worst bits of NXT. And the worst bits of this Ring of Honor. Now, I know the NXT comparison can sometimes be a bit of a falsehood because they have very few matches on there, which to give a lot of time to. They don't have the constraints of dealing with pay-per-view broadcasters, so they can go long. They can go two and a half hours and effectively have 30-minute blocks around matches. Um, but the NXT show was great, and it's not everything about the NXT show I didn't love, um, but I thought it was better. If it makes sense, it's, it's, it's like indie... It, the style is the aesthetic is deliberately indie wrestling done on a done on a big budget. Oh yeah, and it's, it's that's what it looks like. It's like Triple H's EWR save, isn't it? And he's bringing in all these. I mean, that ladder match that opened it up with Ricochet in there and EC3 in there. Uh, just felt Adam Cole in there. Just felt like a a random match that someone had booked on EWR or a random Mo Fire Pro match. <laughs> uh, it is just his vanity indie project, isn't it? It's just. I mean, he's got the budget there, and that's why you know he he can do what he wants and he can bring in whoever he wants. But Ricochet's a guy who. Killed her in the NXT ladder match. You never had a run in Ring of Honor. He's the kind of hot indie guy that the Ring of Honor have kind of been missing out on and continue to miss out on these last few years. Yeah. Why aren't they breaking the bank to get Matt Riddle in? Mm. Like, it, it's that kind of stuff that I don't understand. And because they either they have a budget from Sinclair or they get to the point where they show Sinclair, look, we did 6,000 here. Mm. Like, this is what we're dealing with. With a little bit more investment, we can really gain some traction mm-hmm. and get in a few of the like really great name indie guys that don't have to be for particularly long periods of time. But that's what they should be doing. And it's like they are going to be, you know, it's, Ricochet wasn't a secret, was he? No. When he got signed up, this wasn't some big mystery. He, he'd <laughs> been around for long enough. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know. I mean, they've got Chucky e. T, but again, even that took a very long time. 
Yeah, and it he's, it's not like he's the cream thing. of the crop. Yeah, it does. He feels very late. Mm. It's kind of I saw uh, Silas Young say something along the lines of, "Well, we drew six on six thousand for Ring of Honor, and the yeah. uh, the NXT show drew you know however many ten thousand or so uh, filled with our guys." And you kind of look up and down the NXT card. There's an argument for that, you know. Roddy Strong's in there, and uh, yeah. you've got obviously the undisputed there is the most obvious example. Tommaso Ciampa's kind of a Ring of Honor guy, but it was a while ago when they when they got behind Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, Johnny mm. Gargano was someone who was always He's uh, available to Ring of Honor and never was a was a Ring of Honor guy. Yep. Same for Alistair Black slash uh, Tommy End. Um, yeah, it just feels like they they miss on a lot of guys. Ring of Honor. If you go down the down the line over the last uh, year or so, or last three years really, of the amount of guys who've, who've left Ring of Honor either to go to NXT or to go elsewhere, that's scary as well. Um, but yeah. Yep. Uh, what did you make of uh, while while we're on it very briefly, and as we're talking about live streaming, mm. uh, any particular highlights from the NXT show uh, other than that? Well, mainly probably for me that ladder match, but that ladder match and uh, anything else. That ladder match, um, I thought I loved the finish of Shayna Baszler Ember Moon, hmm. um, which at first I wasn't feeling that much. I, I did love that. Hmm. Um, obviously the the main event, which you know, talking about what Ring of Honor didn't do by putting on Cody and. Um, Kenny last I, I um, that's what WWE did with Johnny Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano on because mm. that was that was the blood feud mm. and I thought it was fantastic I mean Johnny Gargano versus Daniel Bryan at some point would be great on a really big show because I think he's brilliant he's absolutely brilliant and he has that kind of connection charisma I think Mm. Um, and I think tri- obviously Triple H sees it. The crazy old man won't because, <laughs> you know, God knows it's more important to have his tag team, you know, containing someone who isn't yet in secondary school. <laughs> yeah, that's a, uh, it's a, it's a, so, I, oh, go on. Oh, no, no, I was going to say they're kind of really, uh, a lot of the high points as well. I did love the Roderick Strong heel turn. I thought that, I thought that was, that was good. The reaction for it, because the match itself, I wasn't necessarily feeling. Um, but yeah, definitely that opener was just something else. It completely blew my mind. Very much woke up at that point. It's uh, trips, and like I say, this vanity project using indie guys better than some of the indies are using them. Uh, Ricochet, someone yep. who's familiar to, I'd, I'd say, everyone who's listening to this podcast, but it was so endearing following along and seeing, and I don't mean this in a gatekeeper kind of way, but there are a lot of people who hadn't seen Ricochet before, and to see him fresh in a new environment, um, doing ridiculous spots like getting pushed off the ladder and doing a moonsault to the outside, and just his yep. basic stuff and his basic dives, people jaws were on the floor um and again argument for why didn't ring of honor bring him in when they when they had their chance um but yeah they just the at least at the nxt level they use these guys so well although even ec3 oh okay he's not very indie style although some of his wacky offense uh makes him see <laughs> it's like he's trying to keep up with the indie boys ec3 as i always thought that when he used to watch him yeah. uh, in tna and outside the tna uh he's because he's very much a character worker it almost feels like he's trying yeah. to keep up with the boys and yeah he took a lot of bumps in that ladder match as well maybe he was trying to uh earn his stripes with uh with hardcore fans uh like us yeah um, 
What did you make of? I mean, we talked about uh, Champa and Gargano there. Probably, probably underselling it as one of the matches of the year uh, from this. On um, mm. probably one of the matches of the weekend from this weekend, if it counts. Uh, what did you make of uh, Tommy Ember coming NXT champion, Alistair Black? Um, would you ever have seen that coming? He was somewhat of a regular no. for progress. Um, obviously, yeah. he has ties with WXW going back years and years. Um, but I never saw this coming, really. I remember when he first got signed by WWE, there was a lot of talk about, oh, indie, the indie star Tommy Enders is, is being, is being signed. And I was kind of looking at it going, ah, I don't know if he's going to be their kind of guy, but he's another one who, when you speak to people who don't follow the indies, who follow WWE, he's really created a, a connection, um, with the WWE fan base. Yeah, they have, I mean, he's, we, you were talking about it earlier on with Ricochet. Effectively, Alistair Black is Tommy End with mm. a very good entrance. It is the same mystique and charisma that's being played off because that'd be the reason why they signed him. Mm. And they let they let Ricochet be Ricochet. They mm. let EC3 be EC3. You know, they let Johnny Gargano be Johnny Gargano with some tweaks, mm. and that works. You know, they're not betraying the character at all. I'm shocked it, it's gotten over to this degree, but as you watch it happening, you're not shocked at all. It makes sense as clear when when you see him come out and he's got he's just he has that look and it really works and it is different and unique and you know you've got that obviously in terms of the his his actual physical look um, with the tattoos and his hair but you've also got the soft spoken manner in fact he very rarely speaks when he does it's very deliberate um, he's he's re- he's believable hmm. and so. Yeah, um, delighted for him. I mean, the, the match itself was... Uh, I love Almas. I think Almas is great. I think he might be moving up to the main roster as well. So it, it did make sense to kind of move this over if this is the case. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it was very good, but it wasn't as good as the opener in the main. Mm. Definitely, yeah. So, yeah, again, the, the NXT there, uh, not a, not a full review, but yeah, we couldn't help but touch upon it on this, uh, big yeah. live streaming weekend. But yeah, the NXT was going on, Ring of Honor was going on, and, uh, also going on is the, uh, the third show we're going to talk about, uh, <laughs> Style Battle, uh, which I, I know it, it was going on. Not that, not that many people know. Uh, they started an hour after NXT. I didn't see anybody online while I was following Twitter along, and I had my two screens up, one with Ring of Honor, one with NXT, and I was flipping back and forth between the two. Uh, I, I, I saw a lot of hashtags for uh, NXT and Ring of Honor, but no hashtags for Style Battle. <laughs> there was about 40 people in the audience, and I feel like I'm being generous there, which was quite the sight, considering uh, Janela's show packed the, the, the same venue, and yep. instead we just had all these empty seats, and it was just people dotted around. There was a, a couple sat there with a baby, it was just it's so strange i was thinking <laughs> i was surprised they even drew that i was just looking at all of the 40 people trying to because you could make them all out on camera i was looking at like what's your story why aren't you at ring of honor why aren't you at nxt um maybe it was just the fact that the uh, i believe the style battle show was a lot cheaper and you know the other two uh i think sold out on the day or came close to selling out so maybe couldn't get a good ticket uh, but yeah, the people who, who did make it out there and for the people like me who watched it on the VOD, um, this was, a, this was one of the shows we were talking about where the sound wasn't working on the fight stream, um, or at least mm. on the replay that you watched on the website, but it was working on the app, which was so frustrating. So you could watch it on your phone, but you couldn't watch it on the big screen. So I ended up doing, trying to stream it from my phone to my computer 
which is just the most ass-backwards way of trying to watch anything. Oh. There was a point where I had it going on my phone for the sound, and I was trying to sync it up and play it on the big screen <laughs> so I could watch it that way. It was just ridiculous, and it's still not fixed. I mean, we're recording this on Monday night, and we're still... The, the fight aren't replying to my messages about it, and they're not replying to anybody <laughs> else's, so let's just give up on that one. It's not going to ever be fixed, and neither is the Kaiju uh, Big Battle stream. But, yeah, I went through some effort to watch it, and I did watch it, and... Considering it, there was nobody in the building and considering I can't imagine a large amount of people were watching this, the wrestlers did give it a go. I mean, Matt Riddle, we talked about being the MVP of this weekend. Um, it was quite hilarious seeing him come out and do his normal entrance, fist bumping. He literally fist bumped everybody in the audience on his way out, which just summed the show <laughs> up. He's just such a lovely lad, isn't he, oh, Matt Riddle? He's, just, yeah. he's well up for it, no matter who's in the crowd. Uh, I think he did every... WWN show this weekend apart from Shimmer um, and I think he even did some other stuff in between as well he just he, he's, he was definitely the, the hardest working man in, uh, in New Orleans this weekend Matt Riddle oh um, absolutely yeah yeah, he's a great man. And yeah, it, 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 the I'll go through the highlights of the show. He had a, I mean, this was, and again, to explain the, the style battle concept, uh, is that, have you watched uh, any style battle shows before? You're aware nope. of uh, the concept here, JP? I am not, no. Well, the idea, I mean, it started as a, as a flow slam uh, idea when uh, Gabe was getting paid all those big uh, flow slam books <laughs> to, uh, to put on different shows. So this was a promotion he came up with. It's the one where famously they did a couple of shows where it looked like they were coming from a garden center um, because... <laughs> They just, they love to cheap out on built-ins, do, uh, do WWN. Um, yeah, and it, the idea is that they, you know, they had one tournament for high flyers and then another tournament, different tournaments for different styles of, of wrestler. And this was the finale. And the idea was all the winners of the other tournaments were going to come together and have this big, be in this big tournament. But John Davis, I believe, was one of the winners, Fred Yehai and Darby Allen, who was injured at, <laughs> at Progress. Those three didn't make it, so Keith Lee, Nick Gage and A.R. Fox were the replacements. Uh, I love Nick Gage being the replacement. <laughs> um, I suppose he's, he's, he's a his style is deathmatch style, so I suppose uh, I'm not going to argue too much over him being the uh, the king of of that style. Uh, so not not a bad three replacements there, but yeah, it's a it is interesting concept. JP, did it never uh, grab you when it was on uh, Flow Slam or WWN in the past? It didn't, and it's partly because there's so much other stuff to watch that I I would just be exhausted if I watched it. Um, what are the highlights? What would be? I mean, would given that we. I have excess fight bugs. Is it worth me getting? <laughs> I think some of the matches make it worth it. Yeah, I think I wouldn't spend cold hard cash on it uh, at this point. I think the, the the kind of the ship has sailed. But yeah, if you've got extra fight credit, there was some good stuff on the show. Like I said, Matt Riddle uh, was in the opening match and and came out and gave it his all, despite the fact that there was no one there. He had a really nice little match with Snoop Strikes, who's someone I wasn't uh, highly familiar with uh, before this. It was. Riddle didn't hold anything back, and and neither did Snoop. Um, it was a nice little match where, I mean, Snoop. Don't get me wrong, he got some offense in, but by the end of the match, it was Matt Riddle did that. You know, the way he does that bro to sleep powerbomb knee to face combo all in mm. one motion. That was kind of the finish. And that's like a, a full stop on a Matt Riddle match. You know, that's when he's he's going over strong. So it wasn't like it was a 50 50 match, but I did think um, there are Snoop strikes look, look good in loss. So that was a decent match. Okay. The match that kind of convinced me to watch the show, Keith Lee and Nick Gage. Um, <laughs> That thing. <laughs> I mean, this was uh, this was one of our, our big matches going in. This was this was kind of yeah. I looked at that 
and when they did the setup uh, previously on the WWN shows with Nick Gage jumping Keith Lee, uh, I was kind of into this. I kind of liked the idea that they put some effort into uh, into creating a bit of a feud here. It was the match that you'd maybe expect, um, although again being in a in a quiet building, it was kind of strange where you just you could hear one guy doing uh, basking his glory chants. Uh, luckily, <laughs> Nick Gage didn't uh, threaten to fight that one guy or anyone else in the crowd because I don't think they could do with uh, losing any numbers. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was fine. It was essentially Gage trying to cheat and biting Keith Lee versus Keith Lee's strength. It was it was the match that you'd expect. I enjoyed it. Um, Gage's bumping was a little bit awkward and weird at points, uh, but it was kind of cool. Oh. Uh, seeing him to he, I think Keith Lee tried to do like a sky high type move to him at one point, and uh, Gage just pretty much fell over. Um, that was just weird, and the finish was weird as well because. Um, Keith Lee hit his spirit bomb and it definitely looked like Nick Gage kicked out before three uh, but that was the finish of the match <laughs> but they might have, I was watching it thinking is this meta because the whole point of this match was afterwards Keith Lee got attacked by Nick Gage with a chair uh, then he pilmanized him um, which was you know a nice little callback to one of the greatest uh, wrestling spots of all time and they even had the, the bloke from uh, Licensing who turned up at uh, Janela's spring break in his nice uh, blue uh, Licensing top threatening to uh, to suspend Nick Gage's wrestling license unless he stopped uh, which was kind of kind of cool, uh, a nice little <laughs> little thing to do, and it, it did have ramifications on uh, later in the night. But yeah, it was a a bit of a bizarre spectacle uh, seeing this all take place in front of that that, uh, that small crowd. Um, later on in the night, like I say, because of that, Keith Lee and Matt Riddle had a match, which it's not a match I would recommend uh, buying the show for because it made sense from a story point of view. They had Keith Lee limping coming out. Uh, and they and they played it up well. He was trying to go for his pounce, and he couldn't quite hit it because you know he could, he was just collapsing on the mat because of his his bad leg because of what Nick Gage had done to him. And Matt Riddle got a got a nice uh, easy win. I was kind of watching it, thinking, "Where's the Athletic Commission here? I mean, what's <laughs> Keith Lee doing being uh, sent out here to be killed?" But it kind of Matt Riddle has worked so many matches this weekend as has Keith Lee including matches at Access so I can kind of forgive them here for not going all out and doing a 15-20 a minute dream match and just doing a, a story based match where it got Gage over because he's the man who took out Keith Lee and it saved both of their bodies so uh, I can't really argue too much um, I'd say the the highlight, I mean, I don't know if I'm selling you here, JP, but the highlight um, of, the, of the show was Matt Riddle and Anthony Henry in the main events, okay. that was a really good match. If I was going to point to them, I mean, if the shenanigans sound entertaining, I'd still tell people to go check it out because it was uh, was quite interesting seeing it all. But Matt Riddle and Anthony Henry, it was kind of um, a very back and forth match, but they kind of, they did a good job on commentary of putting this one over and, and making out that, well, for Matt Riddle, this is just another match of 20 that he's had this weekend. Whereas Anthony Henry, you know, if he wins the style battle finale, that's a you know a nice little uh, feather in his cap. That's a yeah. good thing for him to have. So they did. They, they worked it well. They had one other thing I've not mentioned about the show going into this match. They had some. Uh, they were doing UFC style promos after every match. So there was kind of a, okay. there was a good one after Matt Riddle had beat Keith Lee um, in a very you know an easy win. He was kind of he got a comment. They had a, a little interview with him, and in typical Matt Riddle fashion, he was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry, bro. Uh, I, I had to do it, bro. Sorry about that." It was kind of like you know gutted to have to to put his his friend out of his misery, and they did they used it to good effect because coming out here, Riddle cut another promo about 
what this match meant and you know that he was going to become the uh, the style battle champion so yeah i thought it was good stuff the anthony henry looked good in being the underdog in the match they let him that combo that that riddle did early in the night um you know his big combo where he does his, his knee and he does the bro to sleep they let him kick out of that stuff riddle was hitting a lot of his big offense early his big sentons and they gave you know quite a few uh kick outs to henry which i thought was cool yeah and the story of the match was kind of although henry was hanging he kind of lost his cool uh with riddle hitter was hitting a lot of wild strikes and then got choked out um so cool little story matt riddle got on the on the the mic after the match and basically said that he runs the indies now which is pretty much what we said on our, our yeah. second day uh, podcast um and it just made me think uh as we've as we've said a couple of times on this show what a shame that matt i mean matt riddle someone oh. at ring of honor should be booking around yeah i was looking at it thinking if i enjoyed this show i had a fun time watching it but i was just looking at matt riddle going why is he here in front of 40 people why is he not as this moment is being taped on ring of honor or on xt it kind of uh, begs belief a little bit there doesn't it TP? absolutely it makes no i mean do ring of honor have a problem with weed like i mean because it's it's ridiculous new japan like him and have wanted him and it's the the issue seems to come from bushi road wwe you kind of know they're not they're not gonna they're not gonna well, it depends if it's legal in enough states where, <laughs> where it's legalized federally so then they can go well do you know what that's fine he's got he's got a um doctor's note but it's whether you'll take the fine isn't it in WWE it's yeah i think the wrestlers just see it as just the it's like a, a, a docking of their wages yeah a tax a weed tax yeah yeah and so uh, if new japan like him it makes sense for ring of honor to get him in because then he's mm. at least in that family if it makes any sense in that arrangement that they have so and they could use him and he's instantly credible and he's hot Mm. yeah it it, it does sadden me to hear that he's at an event and i'm looking um i've seen pictures of it of like sort of 50 people there just loads of red empty seats he seemed to be enjoying it though. Like I say, he was fist pumping babies yeah. and all kinds. He was, it, it doesn't, he still got that big Matt Riddle smile on his face. And maybe part of it's the fact that he's got this WWN contract. And, you know, that's probably why Ring of Honor can't tamper with him. But yeah, you'd hope when that contract's up that, that, that everybody's gonna, gonna come crawling. Um, but yeah, a, a decent show. Not again, like I said before, not one I'd say go out and spend your money on. Mm. But if you've got leftover fight credit, not the worst way to spend it. There was some good stuff in there. There was another AR Fox and Anthony Henry match. Uh, the other semi-final which i didn't mention was a good match a good sprint with big spots that i'd uh, recommend to um but yeah maybe don't go out your way or, or spend uh, too much of uh, of your hard-earned money on it uh, elsewhere then uh, on the night uh, earlier on in the nighter show that we uh, we both caught uh, mm-hmm. shimmer 100 um i'll let you take the the majority of this one uh, jp you're the uh, the women's expert on the, uh, <laughs> the <Indy> corner podcast <laughs> i'm really <laughs> on our network <laughs> yeah i mean i i enjoyed it i'm not I'll be honest, I'm not hugely familiar with Shimmer. It's a promotion that dipped in and out of over the last 10 years or so. Uh, I will say, in watching the, the stream of this one, I quite... Uh... I'd, I've forgotten how much I'd missed Dave Prezak, one of the yeah. uh, best commentators in wrestling. Uh, surprised he doesn't do more ho- high-profile work. Um, I think he'd be all over. He'd be great if he was all over the WWN shows, or mm. it's a shame you know, that he's, he's no longer with Ring of Honor. I enjoyed that element of it, and I thought, uh, all in all, it was a, a good show if maybe uh, it was all about the uh, the big matches in the second half. Yeah, it, well, I enjoyed it. I think it, it was definitely hurt by its placement, which is, again, one of the big things that needs to be 
they need to coexist with each other. If they all want, they, they can all do well if they're managing to sort of structure their times properly. So this was hurt by the fact that there was people trying to go across for NXT. So there, there was, it wasn't completely empty. It wasn't as bad a style battle. Um, but at the same time, um, there was a good crowd there. I enjoyed it. There wasn't anything on it that was truly blow away, but like if you've got fight credits, watch it. It's, mm. it's kind of a sad indictment of women's wrestling that there's only one women's all women show. And then yeah. you had beyond with the intergender. It does feel like to a degree that the only place that women's wrestling wasn't neglected was in WWE, which is mm. very weird. And Ring of Honor and Ring- as well with their tournaments. Yeah, with their tournament. But then again, semi-finals are on the pre-show. It's not like they mm. brought in like an amazing, like Io Shirai or, or you know, Miko. She she's there. Miko, on the weekend, yeah, she? she's sitting around doing nothing other than the uh, the pancakes and power drivers show. Exactly. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah. If if on the whole, my favourite match of the night. Um. And I've really enjoyed seeing her in, in the Rev Pro Women's Tournament was um Diana Perazzo versus Melissa uh, Madison Eagles. Mm. Um I thought it was really good because they had a really great technical match. Yeah. It was fantastic. Um Madison Eagles looks really good and I wouldn't be surprised if she ends up in a few places this year. She she really should do. Um Diana Perazzo's gotten better over the last year. I was surprised that she wasn't in the Women of Honor final or, or certainly um like higher highly put more highly pushed in the tournament so i thought that was very good um i, I like that i mean i thought that uh, it was worked technically well but i also like the fact that they worked madison eagles height difference into the match yeah. as well she was the much bigger of the two and it was kind of uh, perazzo underneath wasn't it kind of getting clubbed with those forearms and struggling and it always it looked like a it was a fight. It was a battle at all points. Um, she kind of she got a couple of like hope spots in, a couple of uh, submission mm-hmm. attempts, but in the end, uh, similar to what I was saying about Riddle before and style battle, it was Eagles who kind of dominated and came back for for the win with her with a big kick to the head. And yeah, I kind of again not hugely familiar with both, but mm-hmm. walked away thinking, yeah, Madison Eagles. She looks like she looks like someone. She looks like someone you could uh, build around. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I thought the match that afterwards as well. Uh, Tony Storm, Nicole Matthews. Tony's great. Um, she's really good. I don't think Nicole Matthews is as good. Again, I'm not entirely familiar with uh, with her. She was in the May Young Classic, wasn't she? No, she wasn't. In, was she in the May Young Classic? Show my ignorance here now. Call me an expert. Uh, I'm not sure. Nicole Matthews. No, Nicole Matthews wasn't, was she? No, no she wasn't. Um, yeah, uh, it was interesting. I mean, Tony was great. And it was the interesting part was he wasn't allowed to use the strong zero because um, effectively it's a pole driver. Um, so she ended up winning with the arm bar. She looks great. She looks really intense. I feel like because I haven't seen the progress shows yet, um, that I haven't seen much of Tony Storm this weekend. And it feels like quite strange that she wasn't working as much as some of the men on the indies were working. Um and because there could have been some really good matches. I mean, you had cheerleader Melissa earlier on up against sort of a very um, young uh, Shotzi Blackheart. Um, and you could have had her against Tony Storm. That would have been really interesting. Um, 
after that, um, there was Tessa Blanchard, Chaz McKenzie, who um, Chaz McKenzie wasn't familiar with at all. Uh, another Australian wrestler. Yeah, uh, the most Aussie name going. I mean, Shazza. Shazza. Where's this wrestler from? Yeah, definitely Australia. Yeah. I enjoyed this one as well. I thought this was really good. It was for the, the Heart of Shimmer belt, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I thought that, uh, again, they both look good in this match. It was Tessa's a strange one, isn't she? Yeah. It's, uh, there's all these rumours about her, uh, her ending up in WWE, and it just it never happens. But she does look polished. She looks the finished article. It's just they were even playing up on commentary, weren't they? That there's a potentially an attitude issue with uh, with uh, poor Tessa. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I'm most familiar from her from the um, matches that her and Ricochet up against um, Osprey and B Priestley. Um, and obviously she, she, they, they showcased her and B Priestley really well. So she looked really good there. Um, I, I really enjoyed it though. There was, you, you know, there was, uh, a really good, um, spot with the diving code breaker. Um, mm. I thought, I thought that was, that was really good. Um, and in the end they had, uh, Chazza winning, um, which is fine. I, I'd happily, I'd like to see her working over, over in the UK, um, I would as well. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like she got she got like a des- it was like a desperation win, wasn't it, with a stunner off the top. Mm. Um, there were some boos for her, which I was surprised at. Um, I, I thought she looked good in the match. I just yeah. thought that. Uh, I, mean, I think I did think part of the match there was a bit earlier in the match where uh, was it Tessa who felt she was on the top rope and she kind of fell um, and, and spent like yes thirty seconds selling a leg. But then they went back to to the, to the match, and it was it didn't really play much into the rest of the match. I would have maybe preferred if something obviously accidents happened, but you maybe could have played that a bit more into the finish. Um, yeah, I don't know what you thought. Yeah, yeah, they they, they could they could have done that, um, um, but they didn't end up doing doing that. Um, uh, and then you had um, uh, the main event with Mercedes Martinez and Nicole Savoy. Um, I again I I I liked this. Um I like Mercedes Martinez. She looks like someone who um I'm assuming she's doing a lot of stardom. Mm. Um you know, someone who really should have been in the um Women of Honor tournament. I think she she gives that kind of instant credibility. Um Nicole Savoy looked really good as well. Um I I really I, I Kind of, I, I enjoyed it. it. It wasn't great. I think at this point, I was like officially all wrestled out <laughs> uh, at that stage. And then um, we'll talk about it very briefly after I try to watch some Kaiju Big Patel. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was fine. I'm not familiar enough with Shimmer as a promotion. I now have fight bucks to spend. So um, yeah. I, I can actually see myself buying a few more because mm. why not? And it feels like it's it's the way that they they introduce that is it shimmer women's athle- athletics or athletes they that they call them that Dave Prazak always makes a a big focus of mentioning. Mm. Um, yeah. So it's got it's got like enough good credibility to it. Yeah, there's no reason. I mean, it this seems to be the, piggybacking on the WrestleMania weekend. It, it does feel like the biggest the biggest time when most eyes are on shimmer. The most time I'll see reviews on shimmer shows or see people mm. talking about shimmer shows but yeah i think i watched it and i i enjoyed it overall i think the like i said there were good matches there 
nothing particularly blew me away, although Madison Eagles and Diona Parato was probably the match of the night. Mm. Um, but it did make me interested in, in following it back. Like you said, you, you got your veterans like, uh, like yeah. Mercedes Martinez and, uh, I think Chile de Marissa is a, is another, uh, original of, uh, of Shimmer. Yep. I remember been watching her since, uh, when she used to do spot shows for Ring of Honor. There's definitely, there's talent there, isn't there? Yes. Um, and there's plenty of, there was a variety as well. I felt like there were, again, going up and down the cards, there were wrestlers of different styles, lots of, of different personalities there. I think the, the standard of women's wrestling is probably higher than, than some would, would give it credit for. Um, mm. and I'm surprised that a lot of, a lot of the names on this show were relatively uh, new for me. To me, maybe that says something more about me than anything. But that, that there were names that aren't, you know, aside from your Tony Storms, used more prominently in uh, in, in bigger men-dominated uh, indies. Yeah, it, the the thing that I find it, the vast majority of the women's wrestling scene is is popular by there's a lot of very good young wrestlers. And there's a, like a limited amount, and it's to be very dull about it. It's it's down to the kind of sort of or structural sexism within wrestling that existed. So it's kind of it pushed the development back um, of of women's wrestling, and and now it's starting to kind of catch a, a bit of a wave. Um, but we're we're not at the point yet on the indies where there's a vi- like a we might see it with Pro Wrestling Eve when they're running York Hall and the kind of numbers that does. Um, because then there'd be a good argument for them being one of the, the biggest women's promotions in the world. So I'm going off on the sidetrack there. You might want to cut that bit out. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that it, it feels like um, there are... Yeah, that next weekend it should be in a much more prominent position. And I think there's a lot of the other... Show, uh, companies that could have run more women's matches as well because it felt like at most there was like one possibly two matches on any cards yeah it, it's it, it's probably one of the the bigger talking points going away from mania weekend of of one of the the overall um disappointments it was say on the upside though good to see zoe lucas and charlie evans out there as mm. well i thought that was that was good and a vader scott match that wasn't truly truly awful <laughs> partly because she's well, just she has to look awful in it and she wasn't <laughs> in it too much let's just keep it on commentary i think that's uh probably uh for the best yeah uh, <laughs> what did you uh you met you mentioned there you go and bring Briefly, that uh, you did attempt to watch uh, some Kaiju oh. Big Battle. Uh, that was kind of the, the elusive show of the weekend. We ran a poll uh, uh, the, <laughs> on Twitter and we asked, you know, which of these shows on this these last couple of days would you most like us to talk about? And we didn't plan on it being the the uh, our last little bit on the podcast. But we wanted to talk about it a bit more prominently, but again. The stream wasn't working, so we kind of, uh, I wasn't able to watch it, and JP, you, uh, attempted to watch it with yeah. the, uh, with the no sound. Uh, it's funny, Kaiju Big Battle, isn't it? It's kind of, I think it's a show that you have to be there in the moment. I think it's, it's great if, you know, you, you've had a, a great long day of wrestling, you've had a few beers, and you want to watch something wacky, uh, in the early hours. Yeah. Um, I'm not always sure uh, how well uh, that would uh, translate to VOD. It, it wasn't very busy. Um, I have to say it was I'd argue at this point that this is just like a, a an offshoot of wrestling it feels much more like performance art and <laughs> I probably wasn't in the best condition like you say to take it in you would kind of want to you need to be there 
how it translates to the VOD. Um, to anyone who hasn't seen it before, it's just sort of set up as got like what are and I don't know the names of them, but Godzilla type creatures um, with boxes that are kind of made to look like apartment blocks with the most <laughs> basic rudimentary elements of wrestling. There was a guy dressed up as a, as a Ninja Turtle, I think, and he had like an old uh, NES pad. Um, oh, that's right, yeah. That was in the opener, wasn't it? That was, was that in the Sunbuster opener. or Dorino? Uh, not a fucking clue. Or do clue. we know? Not a yeah, fucking exactly. Couldn't, have, couldn't that hear one. <laughs> That was the match I did see, and I had no idea what was going on because oh, there's no commentary. I was watching it, and it just reminded me of going to kind of really obscure, abstract, um, like, art galleries in squats in Hackney in the late <laughs> 1990s, of seeing stuff and going, I have a fucking clue what's happening here. And that's how this felt. Someone called Dr. Cube came out. Apparently he was very bad. I, I couldn't tell you why. Um, then there was a lad who looked like in the next match, he had a, he had a Brussels sprout on his head um, <laughs> up against someone who was like a shit Cyberman. And I'm trying to think of what the other person was wearing. I'll have to check on the VOD. And at that point, I tapped out. I just <laughs> went, I'm done. It's like, I'm sure this is fine, and in a vacuum would be all right. Give me the right mood. I might well enjoy it. With sound that you could hear the commentators, because they're commentating over the arena as well. And they were playing music mm. during some bits of it, which made me just <laughs> long for seeing New Jack coming out to Natural Born Killers. That would have, that would have, I would have been there. A, a spoiler alert. signing for, uh, yeah. Janela Spring Break next year, New Jack in the main event. Surely must have oh. tried to do that. Do you know what? I'll, I'll, <laughs> I know he's, he is, probably a deeply terrible human being but i've i've had a um soft spot for him for for quite some time just to see i, I don't know if I'd, i would probably watch new jack nick gage i'm surprised somebody <laughs> hasn't thought up of it first <laughs> coming to a czw show near you maybe next year yeah. if, uh, if some of those uh those, those real life feuds are uh, resolved that's it um so yeah so yeah what would you would you recommend anybody spend the the, the hard-earned five bucks on uh on kaiju big battle or uh yeah i don't know it sounds more like it's uh it is a show for a lot maybe if uh me and you head out to new jersey yeah. slash new york next year maybe it'd be it'd be fun to uh to take it in that way maybe that's the the optimum experience as we've been saying i think so yeah uh, before we go then uh, we'll do our best versus uh, worst um, let's talk about the, the weekend as a whole um, just a couple of things I mean who's Wrestlemania weekend's big for, for people usually big for people breaking out and for wrestlers who've already got a good reputation to kind of put a stamp on that reputation Will Ospreay going out a couple of years ago felt like it was a, a big weekend for him um, was there anybody you'd say was kind of your breakout star of the weekend um, or was it just a case of the established stars just to kind of uh, make clear why they are our uh, established indie stars oh that's an interesting one um it did feel like a lot of the major indie stars increased their name value and came out hmm. best over the weekend on the whole um there are a few individuals that i hadn't seen as much of that i think are, are interesting i thought chris dickinson at points when I saw him. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of a few other ones, Benno. Uh, the Invisible Man. The, the, uh, invisible the Man. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's Nick Gage. No, you're not, not a fan yet. MJF, I have to say, mm. as a character, I can see him 
doing very, very well. Um, yeah, trying to think. Yeah, I mean, sorry, go on. I, th- I think I'd say who's. I mean, who's already obviously known, but PCO. If you talk oh, about God. people whose yeah. stock has risen from this weekend, just follow it. He's a great follow on Twitter at the moment because he seems so happy that he's getting all this attention. Yes, um, and he's replying to pretty much every tweet people are sending to him. Uh, he's someone who obviously we were all aware of, uh, but based on his days in WCW, WWF, and his, his day, you know, his long time as a, a big star in uh, Canada. Uh, I think it was an IWS show. I bought a few, bought a few of their DVDs in the mid 2000s. I remember seeing a great match with him in the CM Punk. He, he's a name everyone knew, but I wasn't expecting anything going into this weekend. And that match with Walter, like I said earlier, I, I played that to, to people who aren't, you know, big indie fans, and they loved it. I can get behind him, and yeah, I, I don't. I think maybe I'd question: Can you recapture that magic if he does start getting booked uh, everywhere else? Uh, was it was it a one-off? But. He, I think he'll get those bookings, and I think we'll, we'll be seeing more of a PCO on the uh, the higher level indie uh, shows, and he seems well up for it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'd be well up for that. Please come to the UK. A- Andy <laughs> Q, he'd, he'd go down a tree. Him and, him and Shah Samuels at the York Hall. Why not? <laughs> um, uh, I'd like to add on that there's someone else who, um, the, the few times I did see him, I, I did like, and that was Ray Phoenix. Mm. Um, I... I I now unaware because of Alberto Patron not turning up for Impact. Now the main event for their pay per view for whoever will be watching it. I don't know if there's fight bucks and it's on there. You might watch it on fight. Um, mm. um, but uh, it's Ray Phoenix and Pentagon Junior versus um, Austin Harris. So I think that like I think this could be a year where there's a bit of a breaking out for Ray Phoenix. It's crazy fucking good. He's awesome, yeah. That um, again, we talked about it on our first show, but I'm going to get into matches now. But mm. a breakout match was uh, the, the tag match on the the WrestleCon yep. Super Show there with uh, with Ray Horace and uh, mm. uh, what was your was would that be up there with your match of the weekend, um, or is there, there other stuff that uh, that stands out? Uh, if I'm going to go match of the weekend for everything, I feel t- I, I can't say an NXT match. I mean, for me, uh, Gagano versus Champa through mm. the 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 video package all the way through to the to the very end thought that was um incredible that and the that and the ladder match um but that's not really of the independent companies um i'm gonna go i'm gonna go riddle osprey hmm I'd say that. I mean, I'll be controversial. I enjoyed that more than I enjoyed the NXT match. I mean, yeah. <laughs> whether that makes me have bad taste as a wrestling fan, because I get that Gargano and Champa was, and I loved. I was drawn into it. I thought it was an absolutely incredible, well-told story. Um, mm. With some of the, it had minimal near falls in it. It didn't do many of the the wrestling tropes. It was an epic match and i re- did really enjoy it but there's just something about osprey and riddle it's more my style of match um again don't know what that says about me but yeah i think i did uh i like both but yeah i think i'd maybe put osprey and riddle above it just the the selling of osprey in that match um and the fact that he made us all believe and the unbelievable closing stretch of it but yeah again i wouldn't uh wouldn't argue too much if we're counting wwe for people mm. to put uh champer and gargano above i've heard people talk about champer and gargano as one of the the best uh matches of all time for wwe i don't know if i go that close that far but certainly uh that and uh the ladder match on that show do come close to to maybe mm. a five-star rating yeah anything else uh jump out for you um, you've got to mention a PCO Walter. Um, mm. that 
definitely is is up there. Um, do, 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 do. Just trying to think of the other ones. Um, no, it's a bevy of riches, isn't it? It's it like really is. Told you. You'd you'd forget, you know, the the combinations of Keith Lee, um, Matt Riddle, um, all you know, the the Volta, the big lads. There was a lot of you know great matches between them, and it was because they were all coming so thick and fast. And you'd see the the same wrestlers uh, Mm. coming out on 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 show. I mean, Daisuke and Keith Lee had a match this weekend, and Daisuke and Matt Riddle had a match this weekend. And it's you almost need to be prompted to remember that they took place. It's almost like we're spoiled, isn't it? It is. We're absolutely spoiled. Um, there is the greatest quality of wrestling going on on the independent scene, and there are so many good guys. I used to get, oh, this sounds terrible to say, almost get quite upset when someone I liked on the indies would get signed up by WWE because I'd just be thinking, oh, the old man will ruin them. Um, mm. But the really nice thing that's that's going on is that it appears to be enough depth, enough mm. enough young talent coming through that's going to be able to make up for it. Um, mm. And hopefully they'll get a you'll you get a chance to see some really great young wrestlers work with the likes of the Ospreys of the world, and he's willing to do it. What was your? Uh, I mean, we talked a lot about <laughs> matches. What was your show of the weekend? I I can't look any further than uh, I think Janela's Spring Break. I think top to bottom, I think I enjoyed that as more than I enjoyed anything this weekend. I know. Maybe uh, from an in-ring purist point of view, it's maybe not there. But I just thought top to bottom, it was just a, just the most fun I had watching a show uh, all weekend. So maybe yeah. I should say it's favourite rather than best. Uh, but I absolutely love that thing. And I love the Bloodsport show as well. The, yeah. As we've said a million times, GCW, the big winners of the weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely both of those. Um, uh, I also really enjoyed the um, WWN Super Show. Mm. that they ran um i thought that was really good fun for what it was for the for the most part um and it was a stacked card as well and um it came across really well on high spots and i enjoy excalibur on on commentary so um him and i think it was him and marty derosa is that right who are on commentary for that one so um yeah that i, I check those shows out definitely Definitely, yeah. Plenty to plenty to recommend there, and like, yeah, as we keep saying, just a, an embarrassment of riches this weekend. Just great, great matches up and down, and yeah, I don't know about you, JP. And you feel like I need to go and have a lie down now. There's a, I think I need a break before I, it's just yeah. there comes a point, doesn't there, where there's so much good wrestling. It's just that it's, it's too much. I, I've been neglecting uh, my real life this weekend. I think I've had a, a couple of mo- there was uh, that day after uh, Junella where I didn't get out of bed until about five at night, <laughs> and then I, me and you did a podcast, and then I just forgot to eat. I completely just I forgot that 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 yeah the dinner slash tea was a was a meal in the day. I remembered about <laughs> quarter past ten. I drove myself to the local oh. fish and chip shop. Uh, got there, they were still open. I was made up. Got myself a last minute meal. Came back home, but walked back home and just forgot that I'd even driven there in the first place. <laughs> I mean that just that tells you my mind state this weekend. It was the next day before I realised. Oh yeah, I left my car there and then I went back and got it and then it took me. Up. I was struggling to to get back in the in the door, uh, turning the key. It was just my brain wasn't working. It's just my brain's been wrestling, wrestling, wrestling all this weekend. It has been, isn't it? And I feel like I just need a a bit of a lie down and a, a bit of a, a sleep over these next few days. But unfortunately, we're going to have to, well, I say fortunately, slash unfortunately, we're going to have to watch all the Progress and uh, Rev Pro and the Pancakes and Pile Driver show for the next podcast with Joe. 
for for, <laughs> for when he returns. Oh, um, we'll be well recovered by then. Uh, we yeah, should that's be, it. be at that point. They're kind of the we've gone through pretty we watched pretty much everything this weekend. There was a uh, a crash show there that we didn't get to, but yeah, Progress yeah. Uh, Red Pro and Fight Club Pro are the shows that are coming out on VOD. CZW, we didn't see that one. Oh yeah, there's them too. I, I don't know if we're going to catch up with them. absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, with Joe being out there, we're gonna uh, we'll talk about Rev Pro on a, on a regularly uh, scheduled spotlight show. We'll maybe get a, mm. a couple of days worth of uh, sleep before we do that. Oh, definitely. Yep. <laughs> Before we go, then, I just want to send a shout-out to some of the websites that have helped us uh, over the last few days uh, for results and help with notes. And just generally, uh, there's been a great vibe on Twitter of uh, all the different, you know, Ian Hamilton from BatBodyDrop.com has been a great resource. Yep. Uh, Arn Furious has been knocking out reviews on review reviews. Uh, definitely check out his stuff and he's for, been, for written And he's reviews. been working the whole time. That's unbelievable, it's, isn't it's, it? He's a machine. <laughs> that's it yeah so he's been doing great work there's been uh, the results for progress and rev pro on the indycorner.com pw ponderings have been doing great work as well but yeah just just a note to uh check all all of those websites out including the uh the indie corner uh there's been some great work this weekend and yeah it's the biggest uh biggest uh event weekend uh in the calendar year and it's great to see uh all these uh great websites stepping up and uh lots of uh great content out there uh, before we go then, JP, uh, where can uh, the good people find you on Twitter? Uh, they can find me at uh, JPGP, three E's. Awesome. You can find me on Twitter at BensonRichardE. Follow the Indie Corner uh, Twitter account at the Indie Corner and head to theindiecorner.com uh, to see uh, our previous podcasts. And like JP mentioned, we'll have a, a regular British wrestling spotlight coming out once uh, Joe is back and uh, recover from his weekend. Um, and we'll get into the British shows and uh, and the latest in Brit Res. So, yep, that's uh, that's all for, for me and JP. My voice is going. Mm. I'm ready to go for a lie down. So I think I'm going to go for a, a big sleep. And uh, bye for now. And we'll catch you again in a few days. A very tired bye. <laughs> Goodbye.